and welcome back to another episode of Indie Bleeds Blue. As always, I am Ian Kennedy. This prod- this podcast is brought to you proudly by Primetime Productions. Go ahead and follow them, all their amazing podcasts, at Primetime Prods on Twitter. This episode, I'm not sure exactly how long it'll be, but this will be sort of the free agency preview for the Colts. Uh, as we sit, we are under two weeks away from both the legal tampering period, which I'll get into what all that means in a bit, as well as the opening to free agency for the 2024 season. Uh, last episode, I kind of mentioned that I was going to be going over guys that I'd like to keep on this team and what I plan on talking about going forward. I do plan on at least trying to get content out every other week at most. I don't want to drag on too long without putting out any content for you guys. So I'm going to hold true. I'm going to stick to trying to get an episode out at least every other week, if not every week, if possible. So with that being said, I will go forward and I'll actually start off with the Twitter questions today because they'll tie in nicely to what I'm going to be talking about in this episode. And they both kind of, the two questions I got tie in nicely to the topic together. So I will say them back to back. And the first one is from another member of Primetime Productions, Downtown Boosie, the only Bruins podcast. You can follow him at Downtown Boosie 2 on Twitter and his podcast at only Bruins Pod on Twitter asked thoughts on Chris Ballard's comments yesterday. And our second question tying in another PTP member, Joe Schur at the underscore juicy Jew on Twitter. And you can follow his podcast along with Burge, another PTP member, at BTP underscore podcast underscore the breaking the plane podcast. That is your all NFL podcast. If you're not necessarily a Colts fan, I hope you still stick around and listen to what I have to say. But for all your NFL wide needs, you can go check them out. Asks, would you rather tag Michael Pittman Jr. or extend him at huge money? Now that has been the main talking point this offseason so far is what we are going to do with Michael Pittman Jr. Obviously, he is someone that you would hate to lose in this offseason. You would hate to see him go to one of these top contending teams. Not saying that we're not going to be a top contender. We're growing into that. It's going to be a slow build. I think it might end up being quicker than people expect if I'm being completely honest and that's just not that's not me just being biased 
I truly do believe that we're going to move and progress faster than a lot of people think we would have with a young quarterback in in Anthony Richardson. So in terms of Michael Pittman, that was one of the first questions Chris Ballard was asked in his pre-combine press conference. And I think he hit the nail right on the head. They are continuing to work hard on an extension for him. He mentioned that the franchise tag is a tool that can be used. I think in the case of Pittman, you're absolutely not wanting to risk losing him to another team. So if all else fails, the gist I got from it is that Michael Pittman Jr. will be a member of the Indianapolis Colts in the 2024 season, whether that be under a extended deal that is agreed to or if it's the franchise tag. Obviously, players aren't too keen on playing under the franchise tag. We've seen that in the past. They kind of get a little frustrated, but in my mind, we're wanting to keep him here long term. The franchise tag is really just going to be used to sort of extend talks. We'll be able to work with him throughout this season, even on the franchise tag, and work on getting a new deal done for him and get him the money he deserves. Now, today I don't really want to get into what a contract could look at look could look like because wide receiver money is going to be insane this year. Um, It's tough to tell what the market is going to look like. I mean, you have top names like Mike Evans. He's exploring free agency this year. It's going to be tough. It's going to be interesting to see. We've already seen T. Higgins get tagged for the Cincinnati Bengals, even though they are open to seeking a trade for him, even though they have notified him that they will be using the franchise tag. So I'm not sure annually or how many years I think Michael Pittman could get. I know I would like to see five years at least. Let him grow with Anthony Richardson and help help balance his skill set as the quarterback of the Indianapolis Colts. He'll be vital to his progression throughout the years. And, you know, we've seen, at least in the past two years, he's a player that isn't afraid to risk getting hit to make a catch. We definitely saw that in the Steelers game. The Ravens game, he went up for another clutch catch. He's a guy that is going to go all out for you. And personally, I would prefer we go the extension route to get back to the question. I think it would make him a lot happier. And it would also secure one of the top wide receiver spots on this team. 
Now, I know some people aren't willing to name him wide receiver one. I get that he hasn't really produced at wide receiver one levels, but you got to look at the fact that this kid has had, what is it, like I think seven quarterbacks throughout his entire career. And he still managed to put up a couple 1,000-yard seasons. That just shows what kind of a talent this kid is. And it's a talent that you shouldn't risk losing. So by all means, whether we have to use the franchise tag or if we can agree upon a deal, whatever gets him to stay here is fine with me. Um, Going back throughout Ballard's comments... He referenced Jonathan Taylor in regards to Michael Pittman Jr. and that you pay good players. And Michael Pittman is a great player. He's shown that. He's come up big in big moments when we've needed him. And I feel like I'm beating a dead horse here, but that's that's someone you don't let walk away. You just don't. (laughs) It's someone that's going to be tough to replace. And I know this is a deep wide receiver class for the draft, but I don't think you get that same production right away unless you're getting maybe a Marvin Harrison Jr., which, I mean, let's be honest, unless we come up with some big package to send to a team, it's not going to happen. As much as I would love to have... Marvin Harrison Jr., son of a Colts legend on this team. I just don't think it's feasible. And I think we just need to get our own guy paid, keep him here, keep him happy, and watch him and Anthony Richardson along with Josh Downs, Alec Pierce, Jelani Woods, Jonathan Taylor, Watch this offense really come out and explode. Put up big numbers. Put up 20-plus points a game. That's what I want to see going forward from this team. This year showed, even without Anthony Richardson, that is possible. We can put up points. We are capable of it. So, to end on that, I, I want to keep Michael Pittman here as long as we possibly can. Now... Starting off, the one pet peeve I do have with these press conferences is I wish they would get better microphones for the press because the entire time I was watching and taking notes, I could barely understand what some of these reporters were asking. Now, (laughs) judging by his reactions to some of them, some of them weren't weren't worth hearing. But nonetheless, for someone who's trying to cover a team and not being there in person, having to use the video of the press conference, it's very irritating. So that rant out of the way. We have $73.9 million in cap space, which Chris Ballard brought up, and it really helps keep those in-house free agents. And as he mentioned, he's willing to be as aggressive 
as needed if that A-level player that fits the team, even though most by the time we're able to even talk to these players have probably been tagged. He referenced that he is willing to be aggressive for that top tier player. If one should still be available in this free agency process, which I would like to see, it would definitely be a change of pace. I am not really used to us, you know, doing hardly anything in free agency outside of our own guys. And sometimes we haven't even taken care of some of our own guys. Didn't he go after him? We let go. Yeah. He may have fallen off a bit with Tennessee, but a lot of guys, surprisingly, we let walk and I'm hoping that this year will be different and that we're able to retain a lot of these guys as well as bring top talent in from other teams. Along with that, having Richardson on a rookie contract is definitely going to help. He's not going to be being paid the big money for a while. He's still going to be on that rookie deal. So that helps with cap space, giving us more to use on these players that we think we can bring in and really help this team out. Along with the AR conversation, they asked him about his progress, which he has already started throwing. And I believe whenever he did start, doctors said it was six to eight weeks ahead of schedule, which is amazing to me. But that's also what you get from a 21-year-old quarterback. He's going to be able to heal a lot faster than these guys who have been in a league longer, taken more hits than he has. So I think not only is it his youth that has allowed him to come back this quick, but I also believe it is his determination and his focus on wanting to improve himself and to also be ready whenever training camp rolls around for this team. I don't think he wants us waiting around to see if he's able to go. He wants to be ready to go as soon as possible. And, you know, I couldn't ask for more. A lot of people probably think think it's shades of Andrew Luck coming back way too quickly from injuries. I don't think we're going to have that problem with Anthony Richardson. I think Ballard and this whole organization has learned not to rush a star player back because unfortunately we saw where it led. We want to try to avoid that at all costs with Anthony. He's way too valuable to us. The next few questions he ended up getting were along the lines of the draft and what we might be targeting, which he answered everything. He's not going to reveal his hand at all. In my mind, personally, I would like us to go after 
one of these stud cornerbacks that are in this draft. The young guys proved their worth this past season, and I think they'll take that next step. I don't think there's going to be a sophomore slump. I hope we're able to retain Kenny Moore as the leader of this cornerback room and really be a mentor to these guys like Juju Brents, Jalen Jones. All these guys are going to be looking up to him, and I want him to remain a leader on this team for another couple of years. It is a strong wide receiver class, and it's deep enough that I think we don't really have to be too aggressive to try and trade up for a guy or, you know, like you don't have to pick one at 15. There's going to be guys that will fall in this draft, especially with the amount of quarterbacks that will probably be taken early in this draft within the top 10 picks. So talent will fall. I don't think, gosh, I don't, I don't think I remember a wide receiver class being this deep except for the class that Pittman came out with. I mean, he had Justin Jefferson. Pretty sure Jamar Chase was a part of that same draft. You guys can correct me if I'm wrong. It's it's a deep class. I can't remember another wide receiver class being this strong. So there's a lot of potential to grab a very good and talented wide receiver later in this draft. One guy that we can't forget that was also mentioned is Ashton Doolin. You know, this was a kid that has been very valuable in the return game, punt and kickoff return, who early in training camp, non-contact injury, tears his ACL, freak accident, and we lose him for the full year. That's something I feel like a lot of people have forgotten about. We signed him to an extension last free agency period, and we didn't get to see how he played with Anthony Richardson. So that's another guy I'm looking forward to adding to this offense, as well as using his skills on special teams, which is going to conserve Josh Downs' health. He had to be the returner after, you know, the whole incident with whatever went on with Tony Brown and Isaiah McKenzie. I don't even speculate what that was. They're keeping their lips sealed on that. So it's got to be something serious that they're no longer going to be on this team. But, you know, it's going to conserve the rookie. He'll be able to being on offense and dueling. I think we'll, we'll work him back slowly with those return snaps. I do see him getting a decent workload in the offense, maybe more or less on third and fourth downs. But that's a guy that we're going to be automatically adding to this offense that we didn't get to see last year that I think could have the potential to be a late down safety blanket for Anthony Richardson. I 
I feel ashamed to say that I had forgotten about him. I mean, it was so early in training camp that I had forgotten that he blew his knee out. But we're getting him back. I'm excited for it. I can't wait to see what he does in this new Shane Steichen offense. And to finish out Ballard's comments, he commented on how he thought Shane Steichen did this year. And he really gave credit to his adaptability to the challenges that he faced this year. You know, like I said, losing Doolin in training camp, having to deal with the McKenzie and Brown situation, not having JT for the first couple weeks, losing Richardson five weeks into the season. You know, he really credited his adaptability and showed the skills to adjust the offense and adjust the team to these rotating pieces that we had coming in and out, filling in spots whenever a guy would go down hurt for a week or two. He was really able to plug guys in where they needed to. And I personally, and it seemed like Chris Ballard was in the same boat, I was very impressed by his ability to not get rattled by some of these things that honestly would shut a team down. I mean, you lose your starting quarterback, as we saw from some teams this year, like Cincinnati, they weren't the same offense they were when they had Burrow in. A lot of these teams folded under that pressure, and I'm happy to say that, yes, we had our ups and downs, but we never gave up. We never lost hope. In fact, with the way Gardner Minshew played in relief of Anthony Richardson, gave us more hope. And I'm excited to see what Shane Steichen brings in his second year as a head coach. I'm definitely looking forward to it. I want to get out to training camp as many times as possible this upcoming offseason. It's fun to go to. Anyone in the Indy area, it's free to attend. It's super fun. You get to see these guys as they work their way into the new season. And, you know, it's just fun. It's not like he's going to I enjoy the time that I have. And you get up close person, up close personal to players that you love on the team. And I'm excited to see the next steps that this team will take. Now with that, I will jump into the free agency portion of this episode. Now, I said earlier that I would sort of explain the legal tampering period that I mentioned earlier. So... The legal tampering period, for those that don't know, is the couple days before free agency opens that teams are actually allowed to talk to players that are free agents. I think we saw either last year or two years ago, the Dolphins or Patriots or both, they they both ended up getting punished for 
tampering, which mean they they talked to a couple players earlier than they were allowed to, and it cost them a draft pick in that upcoming draft. So the legal tampering period opens March 11th at 12 p.m. and runs up until the opening of free agency, which is March 13th at 4 p.m. So that's really when teams are allowed to talk to players that from the past season were on other teams. So if Pittman isn't tagged and we don't reach an extension with reach an extension with them, March 11th is when let's say the bears can start talking to them. So that's really what the legal tampering period means. So that will start on the 11th. Again, free agency opens on March 13th at 4 p.m. And in years past, it's been pretty exciting. By that time, players usually know where they're going to be going. Deals are pretty much agreed upon, but aren't official till the 4th, till the 13th, I mean. And you usually see a long list of players signed the second it hits four o'clock. It's always been fun. I unfortunately will be at work when free agency opens, but I'm hoping that, you know, I'm at least around my phone enough to keep track of who gets signed and for how much. So if I were to put down my list of who I would want, I'll start off with the in-house guys. Now, in my notebook here, I've got who the Colts must keep. These are guys that I think we can't afford to lose, and those obviously would be Michael Pittman Jr., Kenny Moore, Grover Stewart, who has formed an incredible tandem with DeForest Buckner in the middle of this defensive line. And lastly, one that would be on the cheaper side is Rigoberto Sanchez, our punter. And I say cheaper, not as abashed punters. Pat McAfee would hear me probably get kicked, but... Punters are usually pretty cheap, so I feel like he's one that can pretty easily be kept. Grover Stewart, Kenny, and Pittman, they're going to be a little more expensive. We do have a little wiggle room. We've got $73.9 million in cap space, which is the sixth most in the NFL. I think the number one spot as of today was $101 million dollars in cap space to the Patriots. So I feel like they're going to be pretty active and obviously Colts fans were definitely going to want to stay more improved than the Patriots. They're going to be in the quarterback market. So they're going to try to bolster that offense to help whatever rookie they get. Guys that I would be hopeful to keep are Julian Blackman, our young safety, 
I don't feel like he would cost that much to keep. He's a guy that I would I I hate saying this about players. Like I I wouldn't hate losing, but I also wouldn't enjoy if they weren't on the team. If that makes sense at all. Obviously, I would prefer to keep. He's really grown into his own. He missed almost a full year with a knee injury. And since he's come back, he's really proved himself and proved that he's earned a spot on this team. So I definitely think keeping him would be vital. Another guy that I think people kind of forgot about, he got hurt in the Philadelphia preseason game, which I think was the final preseason game, if I'm not mistaken. If it wasn't the final, I think it was the it was either the first or the last preseason game. Uh, he ended up breaking his ankle and again missing a full season. And Pinter is a guy that could have really been used this season with some of the injuries we had to this offensive line. He's got the capability of not only playing guard, which is what he's been mostly for us, but he can also step in there at center and has proven himself there. The local kid graduated from Ball State University. He can play. He's got this toughness about him and grit that he doesn't let a lot of guys through to the quarterback. So Danny Penner, I think, is a guy that we should look at keeping in-house. I don't think it would be devastating to lose him, but certainly wouldn't like it. And last but certainly not least, my guy Gardner Minshew. I I hope we can keep him around. I will not fault him at all if some team throws starting quarterback money at him. I think he's deserved it. I know he was a little shaky at times, but he's really what kept this team afloat this year. And if we're able to keep him on a cheap deal to be a mentor to Anthony Richardson, I mean, they were even working out together before he was drafted to the Colts. So I think that's a bond that they've formed. And I would hate to hinder that by letting him go. So Gardner Minshew would also be a guy I would love to keep around on this team. I kind of jotted down some dream free agent targets. And some of them, I may be dreaming too big. But there are guys that have been talked about in free agency that could be picked up pretty fast. Number one on that list, as we saw today, Mike Evans is going to be exploring free agency. That obviously would be number one on my list. Not necessarily saying it's viable or even realistic, but this guy is a guaranteed thousand yard season every year, damn near guaranteed a hundred yards a game 
this past season finished with 1,255 yards and 13 touchdowns. I think adding that with Anthony Richardson, it would kind of push Alec Pierce to the side, which would kind of suck. But, I mean, if you're exchanging him for Mike Evans, you take that all day. And, you know, I think it could only benefit a guy like Alec Pierce to learn behind Mike Evans, as well as keep on keeping with the offensive side of the ball other guys that I wouldn't mind grabbing are Curtis Samuel who on a kind of subpar Washington Commanders team managed 613 yards for touchdowns Odell Beckham Jr 565 for three touchdowns he kind of came on late he was still dealing with little ankle injury that Kept him sidelined a couple days. Gabe Davis, I mean, he's going to be a free agent. It's really the Stephon Diggs show in Buffalo. But even behind him, Davis still managed 746 yards and seven touchdowns, which isn't too shabby when you're behind a guy like Stephon Diggs getting most of the catches. Um. Zach Moss is one of the running backs we have as a free agent. If we're unable to keep him around as a backup, a guy I think could be good to bring in is Alexander Madison. Didn't have any touchdowns this year. The Vikings weren't that good. But even in a bad year, Madison still managed 700 yards. And what I would say is a very pass-heavy offense. So the fact that he was able to manage that, I think, still proved that he at least can be a quality backup. And, you know, I think him with Jonathan Taylor in the backfield, Evan Hull rotating in there, another guy we lost that was a rookie from last year, lost him to a knee injury. I think anything we do to bolster this offense can't hurt. It's only going to help things and help our young quarterback develop into the player that he's going to be. If for some reason we are unable to retain Gardner Minshew, a couple of guys that I wouldn't mind in the backup role, backup slash mentorship role, would be Jacoby Brissett, which, as Colts fans, we saw what he did for us. We're thankful that he was able to salvage some sort of successful season in the retirement year of Andrew Luck. He really helped us win some games that we had no business winning, much like Gardner led us to this year. And another guy that I feel like Colts fans have talked about a lot. They talked about him a couple years ago as a potential starter, but I think we could use him as a backup, and that is Marcus Mariota. You know, say what you want about him. 
he's had an up and down career, but I still think he's a good quarterback. He may not be starting quality anymore, but I think a guy like Marcus Mariota has enough knowledge of the game that he'll be able to help guide a young quarterback through the ups and downs of a season. I even think he'd be able to provide some insight on, you know, missing most of a year with an injury. I feel like I probably should have looked it up, but I feel like I remember Mariota losing a season to an injury. So at least for the mental side of things, he would be able to help Richardson work through maybe what he was feeling missing most of last season. Now, flip, flipping sides to the defense, there's not many guys I saw. It's not a very deep free agency class on the defensive side, but there are some guys that I think would be worth a look. Uh, defensive end Romeo Orquara from Detroit managed nine tackles, two sacks this year. Not all that great, but I mean, he's behind Aiden Hutchinson, so you'd take what you get there. And he could get lost in the shuffle here, but. I think what this team would need is a veteran presence of some sort. We already have a little bit of that with Zaire Franklin, EJ Speed, and DeForest Buckner. But the more leaders on this team, I think, can help. In the back end... I think guys like C.J. Gardner-Johnson, Darnell Savage, Buda Baker, I feel like they would be a great asset to this team, especially if we lose a guy like Julian Blackman. I think, you know, they're still young, so we're not getting a super old veteran. I think, I mean... Buda Baker out of that group would be the oldest. I believe he's only 29. So I think, you know, we can still benefit. They can still play at a high level. As we saw this year, Buda managed 87 tackles. Darnell had 51. CJ had 17 tackles and one interception. And CJ was a pretty big part, I believe, on the defensive end for the season that the Detroit Lions had. So those are some guys in the defensive backfield that, you know, I think we should at least kick the tires on. Now, I'm not saying that we're even going to talk to all or any of these guys, but they're guys that I think would be worth kicking the tires on. And I saved this one for last because it wouldn't really be a free agency signing. But there was word that 
even though T. Higgins was franchise tagged, the Bengals are still open to finding a trade for him if that's what he wants. I think a guy like that would be worth it. I know I've seen dream scenarios all across Colts Twitter of trying to get a package together for Justin Jefferson. If that happens, there could be a video of me doing a backflip somewhere on Twitter if that were to ever happen. But this list of guys that I just went through, if we're even able to get one or two of them, I think it would mean taking a big step forward in the direction that this team is headed. And I believe that we have what it takes already to be a playoff team. We were on the verge this last season. It came down to the final game. So I believe that if we're aggressive, like Ballard has hinted at us being reasonably aggressive, I don't think we're going to go out and overpay for anybody. But there's a lot we can work with. There's guys that are going to be out there that can be an asset to this team. And I firmly believe if we're smart about this and make all the right decisions, I do believe we have a playoff caliber team on our hands. And I'll stand by that. I'll stand by my team. So any help we can get once March 13th rolls around and we head into a draft with more of a knowledge of what we actually need. I think it's going to benefit us a lot. I think a lot of fun times are ahead for this team. I think seeing the way Shane Steichen coached, seeing the way Richardson played in the short amount of time that we saw him, I feel like players are going to want to come here. And that'll definitely be a shift from the norm because we don't normally see that. I'll be brutally honest. We've never gotten the big name free agent. Yeah, you could argue Frank Gore or Andre Johnson, but let's face it, they were kind of past their prime. Frank Gore still balled out for us, but at that point, they were just names. Nothing more. So if we're able to land any of these top free agents, I think it sends the Colts in a direction that we may not have seen before in being able to be a location that you want to play at. I hope this offseason goes well for us. I'm going to keep the content rolling for you guys. I hope you all have a wonderful day, wherever, however you're listening to this. Be sure to hit up Primetime Productions. 
this is a group that I'm grateful to be a part of and to make content for. We're on the rise. Fun times are ahead. Fun times will be had. And until next time, I'm Ian. This has been Indie Bleed Blue. And I will see you in the next one. Peace.